Oilers, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Western Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode two of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button, the director of scouting at TSN and former NHL GM. My name is Dean Millard. I'll be your host for these episodes where the stars of tomorrow are discovered right here on Tracking the Draft. On today's show, we will feature our top-shelf talent, Yaroslav Askarov, goaltender out of St. Petersburg. In the next wave, we will have Gunnar Wolf Fontaine of the Chicago Steel and Carter Savoy of the Sherwood Park Crusaders, uh, both players slated to go in the NCAA route next year. And in our Time Machine segment, Craig Button will take us back and uh, discuss a uh, current Leaf and former Michigan Wolverine who compares to a current Prince Albert Raider. A little bit of a tease for you there. In trivia, your hint will be goaltender picks. And, of course, Craig joins us on the UFFS hotline. Check out the website, www.uffsports.com. You can become a scout and track the same players like Craig Button does, only you're not ranking them for TSN, you're listing them, and then they get auctioned off to the franchises in the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League, and you get the benefits, as in cashola. So check it out, uffsports.com. If you think you can do a good job scouting, here is your chance. For every time you argue with those rankings... Here is your chance to prove that you might know better than somebody's rankings. And you can make money on the side. Of course, uh, Craig's list can be found at tsn.ca. And we'll get to Craig in just a second, but a couple of news and notes. The NHL's return to play plan looks like the draft would be right around when next season was supposed to start. October 6th is the date that's out there. It's uh, most likely going to be scaled back compared to past drafts. Maybe maybe similar to after the lockout one. Uh, Free agency to follow right after that, uh, allegedly starting on October 9th. Training camps in November, the start of the season in early December. And then that pushes everything back or it compacts it. And then there's the Olympic break uh, the following season. So it will be interesting to see. Uh, COVID-19 also having an impact with World Junior plans uh, for the tournament that is being held in Edmonton and Red Deer. I haven't heard anything about the actual tournament itself, but Sweden's head coach, uh, Thomas Monten, was uh, speaking with TSN's Mark Masters. He said they were planning on being at the U18 World Championships, the Scout and the Summer Showcase. Both were canceled. 
They have a chance to play the Czechs in late August, but right now Swedes aren't allowed in the Czech Republic. So he said if that can't happen and they can't travel, they'll just hold their own training camp in the last week of August. All right, let's get to the director of scouting and the man who was a big part of the 1999 Stanley Cup champion Dallas Stars, Mr. Craig Button. Here he is, the director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. Here are the player vitals on the players we'll be discussing today. Our top shelf talent, it's Yaroslav Askarov, goaltender, who is a southpaw, uh, catches uh, with his, uh, uses the trapper uh, with his right hand, uh, played, is from St. K, uh, SKA St. Petersburg, he played with, and is from Omsk, Russia. 6'3", 190, so he definitely fits uh, what everybody thinks a goaltender should be these days. In 18 games, uh, he had a 2.45 goals against average and a 9.20 save percentage, and he is currently ranked 7th on Craig's list. In next wave, Gunnar Wolf-Fontaine, left winger of the Chicago Steel, committed to Northeastern University. He's from East Greenwich, Rhode Island. 5'10", 179 pounds. In 45 games, he had 26 goals, 31 assists, 57 points. He is ranked 83rd on Craigslist. And Carter Savoy, a left winger for the Sherwood Park Crusaders, committed to the University of Denver Pioneers. He's from St. Albert, Alberta, my backyard. 5'10", 178 pounds, so almost the exact same size as Fontaine. 54 games, 53 goals, 46 assists for 99 points. Ranked 48th on the Craigslist. And in Time Machine, uh, your hint once again, Another hint, rather, uh, a former Hamilton Red Wing where he had 102 points and a current Prince Albert Raider. Pocket picks his pocket. In on Fane, the shot, he Let's check out some top shelf talent. Off the bar and in over the glove hand. Another rifle shot up to the upper right hand corner. That's a beautiful goal right there. Holy smokes. Top shelf. As we explore first round potential. From the Halifax Mooseheads, Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon through traffic. McKinnon goes down the shot. Craig, our top shelf talent today is goaltender Yaroslav Askarov, a southpaw, played in uh, St. Petersburg, Russia, and uh, was glorious against the Americans in the 2019 U18 semifinal, shutting them down in the shootout. And for the most part, this guy, ranked number seven on the Craigslist, has a stunning international play resume. Yeah, he really does. And it's no surprise that you would pick a goaltender this week. You being a uh, former goaltender, you know, you have an affinity for goaltenders. You make excuses for goaltenders. and But you also praise goaltenders. And certainly, Yaroslav deserves all the praise. 
you know, I'm going to be straightforward with my uh, with my first comment. He's the best goalie I've seen enter in the draft since Carey Price in 2005. And you know, so so what does what does that mean? Well, number one, he's got exceptional athletic ability uh, in terms of his lateral movement, his, his ability to move in and out of the net, laterally quick lateral quickness. You know, he, he's able to do the things that are necessary in the net to keep the puck out of the net. Number two, he has exceptional ability to read the play. So, you know, you, you can have the great athletic ability, but hockey sense for a goaltender is every bit as important. Marty Berger had outstanding hockey sense off the charts. And I think where Yaroslav is able to take advantage of his athletic ability is he reads the play so well. He closes down the net. Number three, he knows how to use his size to, to gain an advantage. And, you know, a lot of goaltenders kind of sit back and react. And, and you know, that's part of development. He, he's already learned the concept of closing down the net, moving out on a shooter, giving the, the shooter less opportunity to see the net or to put the puck in a, in a spot on the net. And, and he's highly competitive. And, you know, when you, when you put all of that together, that's what leads me to project him uh, to be a franchise goaltender. And I, I do think he's in that category of Carey Price. And, you know, and, and I'm going to qualify this ahead of time because I hear a lot of people talk, well, what about the World Junior Tournament? Let me tell you about Carey Price in the, 20, in the 2005 U18. He was subpar. Mm-hmm. And the Montreal Canadiens said, uh, we don't care. We've watched too much of him. And if anybody's watched Yaroslav Askarov for any period of time, they know he's an elite goaltender. The World Junior was one data point, and he wasn't terrible. He wasn't good. You could understand that he's up a level, but his record of success. And let me just tell you this: he stepped into the VHL this year, which is the which is the Russian league minor leagues. It's like the AHL, and he was very good as a seventeen-year-old. He'll get every opportunity next year in the KHL to step up there. He, he really is an outstanding, outstanding prospect. Oh, that's good. I'm glad you mentioned um, where he played because I was going to ask you what the caliber of his regular season was like because I did see he played one game in the KHL and had a very good game, a 920 save percentage, but he played a lot in that other league. And, and you would equate that to the AHL. So that, that means that he is kind of almost uh, at a pro level as far as regular season caliber. Absolutely, he is. Dean. And, you know, like, you got to understand, you, you know, I said this about Alexander Romanoff, uh, the Montreal Canadiens draft pick who played as, who played as an 18 year old for Red Army. You know, in, in the KHL, and it's no different than the NHL, I mean, you're not even looking at a defenseman, let alone playing him, unless he's that good. You're not looking at playing a 17 year old goaltender unless he's got the capability at that level. So, I think it speaks volumes about Yaroslav's ability that that they weren't handing this job to him. They weren't just saying, oh, you're good, go play, and we'll live with you. He had to perform. But the reason he was given the opportunity and continued to be given the opportunity was because he is that good. And, you know, go back and look at the history of young goaltenders uh, playing pro hockey at 17 years of age. You're you're not going to find a very – you're not going to find very many of them. There, There simply hasn't been. Yeah, I was just thinking uh, uh, a 17-year-old goalie playing in the AHL would be uh, so strange. Craig Button joining us 
on the UFFS hotline. Craig, of course, the director of scouting for TSN. And you can find more information and get in in the scouting game with UFFS at www.uffsports.com. So, Craig, you, you mentioned people bring up the World Juniors where he did struggle. And, then, and you know, he was a, he's still a young goaltender. When he does struggle, what, what do you think are his weaknesses? When, when you see him struggling, what are you seeing that he needs to work on? Well, understand that I have seen Yaroslav play a lot over two years. And let me just say this. I haven't seen him struggle very much. I, I think one of the biggest things uh, that happened to him at the World Junior Tournament, he's 17 years a, of age, and he's always played up a level. and He's played up levels and been very good. But, you know, this is a best-on-best best tournament. These are the best players under 20 outside the NHL. And, and it's a high level of competition. It, it seemed to me that the game was just, uh, he was trying to grasp onto the speed of the game. And, and, and when, you, when you're trying to grasp onto the speed of the game, it becomes a little bit more difficult to get settled in your, in your positioning, to get settled in your stance. And he looked like he was trying to catch up to the speed uh, of, the, of the tournament. And, you know, certainly that's to be understood. But watching him after that, you know, you, there's an understanding Tim Bernhardt, who I worked with for a long time in Dallas, he was director of scouting there and in Arizona, former goaltender. He always tried to point out, he goes, watch what they do after they let in a goal. Watch, go back and watch practice and try to understand how goalies are learning from a thing. And that's what I watched with Yaroslav. He understood that he didn't get to a spot. Now what they have to do is get him settled. But when the game is going fast and you're not acclimated to that at that point in time and the stakes are high, you know, it's hard to, to work on those technical aspects uh, over the course of, of, of a tournament as significant as the World Junior. But I've seen him meet every single challenge along the way. I saw what he did after the World Junior tournament. And, you know, all it did was, okay, you watch that. Now you watch how he progresses from that and how he improves on that. Uh, I left after that having no doubt in my ability, in, in, in his ability to transform and learn from that. And, you know, you see that. You see, you see defensemen, you see forwards where they go, you can tell them how fast the game is. You can tell them mm-hmm. how quickly things transpire. But until they experience it themselves, they don't really know. And I think that's what happened with Yaroslav. But after the World Junior, I think that he grasped it and understood. He, he's too good. He's too smart. And there was one thing, like I said, Gary Price, just go back and look what happened in the 2005 under 18. You know, again, up a level, a little bit harder, but, you know, we know what happened with Gary Price and how he was able to come through it. You, uh, you know it. Only 65 times has a goalie gone in the first round, and only 15 of those goalies of first-round picks have won 200 games. Now, there's a few guys that are going to join that list uh, potentially uh, as they're still playing, and I, and, I, and I hear the Carey Price comparisons. Do you see him joining Price? Do you think he can join him as a top-five pick, maybe to Ottawa or Detroit? Is he a fit for those teams? Here's what I would say to you, Dean, is, is that, you know, when I see the quality of player available in the, as we talked about, the top, call it 12, 13, wherever your cutoff is, right? And I see him clearly as a franchise goaltender. Mm-hmm. So if a team wants to take, if they believe that he's a franchise goaltender and they want the goaltender, take him. You know what? So, like, there's certainly nothing that would prohibit a team from taking him. There's nothing that would surprise me if a team in the top five took him. Because 
again, whether you want a number one defenseman, a number one goaltender, a first line forward, right. they're there for the taking. So if you make up your mind and say we want the goaltender, I don't see any like to me that is that's a decision that a team makes, and you know away you go with it. But you know, to me, he's an elite. The other thing I like to remind people of, and I know that goaltenders, you know, there's only you know one goaltender per game that can play. There's only two spots on a team. But we talk about the number of uh, first uh, goaltenders picked in the first round that only that only played so many games, or only won so many games. There's a lot of defensemen and forwards that didn't play 100 yeah. games that were yeah. drafted in the first round. There's a lot of forwards and defensemen drafted in the top 10 that didn't play 100 games or 50 games. So you know what? You, you, there's players that have been the best at their at the, at the levels below them that have been high draft picks that didn't make it and didn't have the success. I always say this. The players that end up not making it in the NHL have been the best at the levels below them. So, you know, I understand the, the position and there's only one spot. But, you know, if the whole idea about, oh, you can't take a goaltender or whatnot, I would say be careful on that because, you know, the same thing can apply to defensemen and forwards. Yeah, I don't think there should ever be a hard and fast rule. If the player is good enough, you should you should take him. And and speaking of uh, the final one on Yaroslav, how long do you think until he is in North America playing? Do you get any inkling that he's going to stay in Russia for a few more years? Yeah, you, you know what? I I don't really know the uh, the the details on that. Dean, here's what I would say: the NHL is not a development league, mm-hmm. and you know what? Teams at times can be too quick and trying to get a player to the NHL. I, I, I say this to young players everywhere. The NHL is unforgiving. If you're not ready, it will chew you up and spit you out like nothing. The key is not getting to the NHL quickly. The key is getting to the NHL prepared. And by being prepared, you have a chance to have a career, a long career, a successful career. If you do not get into the NHL prepared, you are now teetering. And the less prepared you are, the more you'll teeter. And I think that the key here for, for Yaroslav is to be able to be prepared. I think the KHL is a good league for, for a goaltender to get prepared. But now we look at him specifically. I, I, I don't think there's any question in my mind that at 20 years of age that he could be ready to come here and, and, and be uh, getting ready to acclimate the quicker pace of the North American game, the NHL game. Maybe he needs a half a year in the American League just to adjust to how, th- how things happen a little bit quicker. Look what happened to Igor Shostorkin with the uh, New York Rangers. Top goaltender yeah. in, in, the, uh, in the KHL. Top goaltender outside the, the, the uh, NHL for a lot of years. A little bit older, but he refined his game, played down in the American League, and then when he came to the NHL, he had acclimated to... Uh, uh, you know, the quickness, how, how fast things happen. Same thing happened with Elias Samsonov, who was a first-round pick to the Washington Capitals. There, there, is a, there is a step process there. But I think that Yaroslav, like Ilya Samsonov, will be ready at a, at a younger age than Shostorkin. But I think that uh, he, he's got a chance to be elite. Time for the next wave. Score! Braden Point got it done. 35 seconds into overtime. There are great players. Ryan O'Reilly, come get the Smythe Trophy. Superstars. Puck comes free, score! From Craig Bergeron, who tied the game and won it in overtime. 
even Hall of Famers after the first round. Becky scores! Becky got it high! Four nothing! Oh, baby! On to the next wave now, and Gunnar Wolf Fontaine is the first player we're going to discuss. Uh, you know, top shelf talent when it comes to uh, beautiful names. I absolutely love it. A left winger from the Chicago Steel, who's uh, committed to Northeastern, I believe, and ranked 83rd on your list. He went undrafted, and then I think he attended a Leafs uh, summer camp. Did you see an improvement from his draft year to this past year? Oh, certainly I did. And he should have been drafted last year, in my view. You know? And, and like, Dean, you nailed it. I mean, you talk about top-shelf names. You got the best name in, of anybody. Yeah. Gunner Wolf. Are you kidding me? And let me just tell you this. He goes by Gunner Wolf. <laughs> like, he, he doesn't go by the Wolf or the Gun. It's Gunner Wolf. And, you know, so when, when, when I look at skill and I look at intensity and I look at competitive desire to, to score and to make a difference and to fight through the challenges, that's what Gunner Wolf does. And, and he's done it for a number of, uh, of years. And, yeah, I know physical maturity. Uh, that, that's going to come and people look at that. Oh, you know what? If you don't draft them, if the NHL team doesn't draft them this year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to laugh and I'm going to be amused in a year's time or two years' time. All these teams are going to be looking to try to sign him as a college free agent because he's going to light it up in college too. Northeastern with Jimmy Madigan and Jerry Keith, two outstanding coaches. Their program in terms of developing young players and allowing them to uh, mature physically is second to none. And, you know, so Gunner's going, Gunner Wolf is going to a great spot. It, and so what's the hardest thing to get? It's skill. Skill is so hard to get. This young man has, has achieved at a high, high level. He did it last year in, in Chicago with, in the USHL, which is a really good league. And people, people don't realize how good a league it is. Then he did it again this year on a top team. He did it at the uh, uh, World Junior A Challenge. So he's done it up level. To me, he, he reminds me a lot of Mike Hoffman uh, of the Florida Panthers. And, and Mike was a, was a middle-round draft pick, you know. But when you can score like that and you can get into offensive scenarios where, that you can take advantage of, I can only tell you this. That becomes a really significant attribute to have. I can find those other players that can be energy players or catalysts. I can't find those skilled players that can score. Gunnar Wolf had that. So when you leave the rink after watching him, what part of his game did you leave the most time saying, I really like blank? In the National Hockey League, to be an NHL player, uh, Dean, it's not about your shot. I mean, those are all things that count, right? It's about getting to the right spots at the right time, you know, and at the National Hockey League level, those, those spots are smaller. Those times are shorter. And so the ability to read those and to get in there to be able to take advantage of your skill set is to me something that Gunnar Wolf excels at. And you're playing with good players. When you think about Mike Hoffman, Mike Hoffman doesn't get himself involved in unnecessary errors of the game that he can't handle. He shows up in that open space. He's got an exceptional release, and he scores. That's what Gunnar Wolf does. He's a good skater. He's a competitor. He's, he's got excellent offensive hockey sense, and he doesn't get himself into areas that uh, you know don't play to his strengths. And, and that's what you have to do. A lot of players, you know, because they've been good at a lower level, you know, they still haven't understood 
what they're what, what they're not good at, and they, they oh, I'm going to drive the net, or I'm going to get involved, or I have to get into these, you know, one-on-one battles. If you're not built to win physical battles, you got to look at trying to win the puck and get advantages in other ways. That's what Gunnar Wolf does. He doesn't try to play a game outside of strength. And to me, NHL team that drafts him is going to get a player that has a really, really good chance to be an NHL player and a good offensive player. The other thing, when you play with other good offensive players, you have to do your part. You either have to finish or you have to be able to open up the ice. And it, it can't just be the stop and start. The play can't die on your stick. And to me, Gunnar Wolf possesses that, uh, that ability to understand how to play with other really good players. I've always thought the USHL is kind of, you know, in between uh, what we call Tier 2 Junior A here in Canada and, and the Western Hockey League. And I agree with you. It's, I think it's a really good league. I don't know what your kind of uh, assessment is on that. Do you do you see him, though, as like a balanced scorer, like not a dominant, like a uh, high-scoring, low-assist guy, but just kind of uh, a balanced in that uh, regard as far as uh, ass- goals and assists? Yeah, absolutely, Dean. And, and I'll tell you why. Because... You know, he, he also, because he shoots the puck so well, that he also uses deception in his game. And, you know, when, when, when you can, you know, take a puck and you can show shot that, that freezes a goaltender or forces defenders in, into areas that opens up space for other players, and then you can make those passes, Gunnar Wolf does that. So I, I, like, I like your use of the word balance, but it's because, He's really good at, 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 at being able to get to those spots, but, but he also uses deception. But his eyes are all like, you know, understanding what could be there. But players like Gunnar Wolf also understand there might be a better option, but I'm going to show the defense one thing and I'm going to do something else, which, which creates a real, real conundrum for defenses. How do you play them? Because when you can be balanced like that, you can threaten in multiple ways. This is the next wave on tracking the draft with Craig Button, director of scouting for TSN, joins us on the UFFS hotline. Become a scout of your own in the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. Check it out at www.uffsports.com. All right, uh, another player that we're going to talk about, almost the same size as Gunnar Wolf, uh, Gunner Wolf of Fontaine, also a left winger uh, in uh, my backyard. He's from St. Albert, played with the Sherwood Park Crusaders, is going to Denver and ranked 48 on your list. We're talking about Carter Savoy and Craig, almost a goal a game for this guy. 53 goals in 54 games. Does he score in different ways or is there a typical Carter Savoy goal? I'm going to stop you right there. He's in your backyard. I want your starting report on Carter. Well, listen, I have, uh, to be <laughs> honest, I did not get a chance to get out to Sherwood Park and uh, and see him. And, and unfortunately, there's no team in, in St. Albert. Uh, but I have, <laughs> I've heard from friends that did get a chance to play is that he has a deadly shot. I think that that is a very accurate description. I think there's a real misnomer about Carter Savoy. And, and I'm going to be straightforward with you here, Dean. I don't think I have him rated high enough. And mm. so I'm going to get an opportunity. You know, as I, you know, one of the things you get an opportunity with, you, you do a list. And I know there hasn't, been, there hasn't been games played, but you can go back and you can assess and you can look and you can consider different elements of a player's game. You know, and I'm going to do that right up until the draft. 
And so going through different video and going through different considerations, right? I, I can tell you right now, he, like I, I know I don't have them high enough on my list. And and so prior to the draft, I'm going to do a, a final, final list because I've used the time and will continue to use time uh, to, to evaluate. And he'll do that. You, you know, Ken Holland, the president and general manager of the Edmonton Oilers, always says, he goes, I hate when people, all he does is score. He goes, at the end of the night, he goes, they have this unbelievable thing, the scoreboard. Yeah. And he says, the team that has more goals ends up being declared the winner or the team that has less goals. So it, it becomes, honestly, I'll, I'll be very clear. It's one of the dumbest things people can say, a scout can say. All he does is score. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. I think Carter Savoy is, is, is an excellent scorer. I think he's one of the best scorers in, the, in this draft. And I think he has been criticized unfairly. Listen, he, he plays in the AJHL. He played last year. He's a really good player. He's a really top player, quite frankly. He really knows how to play the game. He knows how to get open. But because he, he's so smart at being able to score, and because he does it with such a, with, with, at such a high rate and with such great ability, oh, look at him. Oh, he doesn't work hard. Oh, look at this. You know what? Tell me how you measure mental effort. How does somebody get to those spots consistently, game in, game out, and score like he does? So you want the guy that runs around and, you know, gets somewhere fast but is really nowhere? I want the guy like Carter Savoy who gets open, who knows how to get open, who knows how to finish. And I think he gets maligned unfairly for, oh, he's not competitive. He is competitive. He's a goal scorer. And that's what he is, and that's what you want him to be. And I think that, you know, he, he he's somebody that has this ability – as he physically matures, he's going to Denver, great program. And, you know, he can develop. You know, he's going to be challenged every day in practice. He's going to be challenged in the schedule of college hockey. And it's going to allow him to physically mature. But you cannot teach players what Carter Savoy has. Get open at the right time. Deadly release. Doesn't give a goaltender a chance to get set. I mean, at 17 years of age, I mean, he's prolific. He's been a prolific goal scorer. And we're going to knock him for that? I heard the same things about Vinny Trocek in his draft year, and I believe Vinny was a fourth-round draft pick. I should know that, but I'm pretty sure he was. And, oh, look at him. Oh, yeah, he's just – well, Vincent Trocek's been a really good player in the National Hockey League. He got maligned. He, the size is probably a little bit similar at the same stage, right? I think somebody's got a chance to get a really good player in Carter Savoy. Uh, so he's committed to Denver, as you mentioned. Uh, the Winnipeg Ice did trade for his rights, and his brother Matthew plays in the Manitoba Capitol. Uh, do you think he's for sure going to Denver? And, and is you know, I don't know if there's a right or wrong choice. Uh, to, you know, players come out of everywhere, but you know, what do, what do you think the uh, the chances are he stays, he goes to Denver, or goes to Winnipeg? Yeah, I, I have no idea. You know, without talking to Carter, I mean. I mean, Matthew was was a young player that was the first pick in the in the Western Hockey League draft. You know, does Matthew want to wait two years to go to college? Carter's already done that. He's already he's ready to go to college. Mm-hmm. So you know, when I look at it and try to think about you know where he could benefit, you know, if you want to be a student athlete and you want to allow yourself some time and be challenged, as I point out, and be and give yourself that time to. Uh, physically mature, I think Denver's a good spot for him. If you don't want to be a student athlete, then, then get to Winnipeg and, right. and, and don't and don't dither. And like, you know, one of the things I always tell young players is, you know what, understand what each path uh, offers you and don't dither. Don't end up someplace. I'll tell you a little story about the Kachuk. Uh, you know, 
I sat down with Keith Kachuk and Matthew Kachuk before Matthew uh, was considering whether to go to school or go or NCAA or go uh, junior hockey. And so I sat with them and, and, you know, Keith asked me, Keith had gone to BU and Keith asked me, and, he, and I said, well, yes, Matthew, what he wants to do? <laughs> Keith kind of looked at me and I said, well, he, he has a say in that. Because it's great that we that we might think that this is, is better form or that's a better form, but and I turned to Matthew. I said, "If you want to go and be a student athlete and do everything that, that, that's involved with being a student athlete, that means in the classroom, on the ice, you know everything, then, then go to school. If, if if you don't want to be a student athlete, you want to go, go get into a different, more games, more of a little bit of a of a different type pro preparation. Well, then go to junior. And Matthew's turned to me. He goes, no, I don't want to go to school." I turned to Keith. I said, there's your answer. Yeah. And Brady was exactly the opposite. Brady wanted to go to school. Right. So, you know, again, like Keith, Keith goes to, to BU, right. He has a great career in the NHL. And there's a perfect example of a father, a parent and Chantel, uh, the mother. She also like, you know, supporting the kids. Here's Matthew. I want to go to junior. Here's Brady. I want, so it just shows you that there's not one path, but, understanding that I think is really important. And let me just tell you this, Carter's got to be completely selfish. This isn't about playing with his brother anymore. Right. This is about his career. So don't, don't make a decision about, uh, about, about this. Oh, I get a chance to play with my brother. Yeah. That's it. If that's the most important thing for you, it better be the fourth thing that tips you in that direction. It can't be the first, second or third thing. You got to do what's best for, for yourself at this point in time. Where we're going, we don't need Rose. Hop into the Tracking the Draft time machine. Get the puck on the move. He reminds me so much of James Neal. I think he's a better goal scorer than Billy Garrett. He's the best goal scorer in the draft. And let's see what we can learn from a past player when looking at this year's crop. <laughs> plays like John Carlson. So what do those guys do? They're able to make the plays in the offensive zone. Like Brock Besser, he's got the deadly accuracy. Nikita Kucherov immediately came to mind when I saw him play two years ago. All right, Craig, what are we doing in Time Machine today? What player from the past are we visiting to compare to a player in this year's draft? Zach Hyman. And uh, having watched Zach play, and he was a another fourth round draft pick, I believe, uh, not I believe, but to the Florida Panthers. And the reason I'm punching him into the time machine is we all know what Zach Hyman has become for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's become uh, that, that what I would call a real important player that can play anywhere in your lineup. And we talk about valuable players. Mike Babcock talked about it. You know, he loves Zach Hyman. And why wouldn't you like Zach Hyman? You, you're able to, to have him play in this situation. You didn't have him play here. And we talk about a high level of productivity. It's game in, game out. Game in, game out. The exact same thing you can expect uh, from Zach Hyman is what he's going to deliver for you. And, and he does it without a lot of fanfare. But ask those players to play with him. And they all love playing with Zach Hyman because he helps them be better. And I think that, you know, Zach was a, was a big-time scorer. It took him some time. It took him, I'm telling you, Dean, it took him a good two and a half seasons at Michigan to find his game. And then not only did he find it in that second year, in that last half of his junior year, 
but then he became a Holby Baker candidate in his senior year, and then we know what what what, what he's become. But it's it, it, it's tireless effort, it's consistent productivity in different ways that, that that what I call dependable, reliable, but incredibly important. And who do I compare Zach Hyman to? I compare him to Prince Albert Raiders right winger Ozzy Weisblatt. Mm. And Ozzy has some good numbers, but every time I go and watch Ozzy, you know, I, I watch this player that it doesn't matter the situation in the game. It doesn't matter where he's playing or who he's playing against. I would never know the score of the game by watching Ozzy Weisblatt play because it's, 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 it's rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Every single shift, he skates well, he thinks well, and I really think that Ozzy has is, got is a potential to be that player that NHL players are going to love playing with because he is going to do so many other things in the game that are going to complement you, get you the puck, forecheck, create a turnover, back check, you know, kill penalties that are not only going to endear himself to his teammates, but are also going to be very valued by his coach and by his organization. I, I, I think Ozzy Weisblatt, you know, I have him in my top 31. I think that, you know, will he go in the first round? I think he should, but I think whatever team gets him is going to get a really important player, much like Zach Hyman is with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, and uh, the thing that uh, is is always encouraging for me is, uh, you know, the, the steps forward that a player takes. And, you know, he adds 10 more goals and gets to the 70-point plateau in his draft year. So, no, you, you see that improvement from rookie year to draft year, and then you can kind of, you know, track where he might be in his uh, next year and then you know later on into into the pros and do, does he play um like do, i don't do you do you say zach hyman uh, has an abrasive style or just an aggressive style you know what i would say i i, I would say that uh it, it, it it's it's a it's a style that becomes very very uh challenging for opponents to play against. Right. I would call it, I would call it relentless. I would call it persistent, you know, because you, 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 you aren't, there is no chance to push Zach Hyman out of the game. I don't think there's any chance of pushing out Ozzy Weisblatt out of the game. Right. They're, they're in the game. They're in it under the greatest challenges. They, they meet those challenges. They don't allow themselves to be pushed out of the game, and, and they're right at you. They're at you every single shift, every single moment of those shifts. And whether it be with their physical effort, with their mental effort, the combination of both, they're there. And I you ask NHL players, ask any player, like you know those players that, that you just cannot push out of a game, that you cannot deter, they become the hardest one uh, to play against. I know being with NHL teams and when we would prepare for the playoffs and we would, there were certain players you, you would tell, listen, uh, certain players you would tell your team about, listen, you're, you're not pushing this player out of the game. The key to playing here now is you have to match his level of consistency, his level of intensity, because you, you're, you're not, he's not going to succumb to anything. So you better beat it. You know, like I used to laugh when, you know, and people would say, oh, yeah, do this against Joe Sackett. Do what against Joe Sackett? <laughs> Joe Sackett, you better play him straight up and you better play him at that level because for every notch below the level you're, pl- you're, 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 you're below Joe Sackett, it's a greater advantage he has. So you better play at that level. It was the same with Adam Foote. It was all those top players 
you know, and, and not just top players, but those consistent, they're the hardest players because you, you, you're looking for weaknesses. And what you've got to realize is, you know what, the way they play is what helps teams be successful. So if you want to play against those guys, you got to match it. And if you don't match it, they get the advantage because they're not going to create a disadvantage for, for themselves or for their team uh, by falling short of their game. And that's what, that's what Ozzy brings. That's what Zach brings. And, you know, those are, those are incredibly key, important players. Mike Keane, three Stanley Cups, yep. Montreal, Dallas, and Colorado, but Montreal, Colorado, and Dallas. You know what? Mike Keane was that player. Good luck pushing him out of the game. It never happened. Well, and those are the players that coaches love, right? Because they know exactly what they're getting when they tap them to get over the boards. Yep, they do. Absolutely, they do. (laughs) Awesome stuff, Craig. This has been great. Episode two. Uh, I love the players uh, we chatted about and the stories in Time Machine. And I look forward to chatting with you again next week. I look forward to it again. And, uh, you know what? We're going to have another group of players that will enjoy chat. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we got a winner. UFFS, you own the game. All right, in the next little while, we'll be bringing you Craig's Council, where Craig will give you some scouting tips. If you are interested in becoming a scout in the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Program, or for anybody who just aspires to be a scout, if you have a specific question, email me, trackingthedraft at gmail.com. We'll add it to the list of topics when we do Craig's Council. A big fan of uh, Craig Button, uh, his passion, and a big fan of Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports, and that's why it's great that he appears in the UFFS hotline. All right, uh, just uh, one more thing before we say goodbye, and that's we got to test your draft trivia knowledge. Time to flex your brain and answer this draft-related trivia question. Well, we're waiting. You want answers? Pay attention now. So you're telling me there's a chance. Can you dig it? Hands up with answers. Thank you. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Yeah! Our trivia question today of the 65 goalies who have been drafted in the first round of the NHL draft, how many have won 300 or more games? 65 goalies have been taken in the first round. How many of those goalies have won 300 or more games? Hit me up on Twitter at Duck Millard or, or email me your answer at trackingthedraft at gmail.com. And we're working on getting a trivia prize uh, for you fine draft listeners out there. If you'd like to be involved in the show as an advertiser, uh, we have great packages available uh, for this podcast and a few other that I have as well. Uh, so we can get your word out in a bunch of different ways. 
You can uh, get to me at trackingthedraft at gmail.com if you're interested in that. And uh, check out all of my shows at Podcast Alley. It is podcastalley.ca. The stars of tomorrow are discovered here on Tracking the Draft with Craig Button, the Director of Scouting for TSN. Thanks very much for joining us on this week's episode. We'll chat with you again next Thursday. Thursday.